Today's passage is from Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to verse 15. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after time town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parable, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of God. This is the third message of the new year. And um, at the beginning of the year, we like to refresh what it is that we do here at this church, what we stand for. And today, um, I want to talk about, I don't know if you, re- you, you realize this, but our church is into farming. You know that? We believe that what we do here week in and week out is to sow a seed, and we believe that we're gospel farmers. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. We're gospel seed sowers and reapers. We're farmers. And... Um, it's happening right now. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing the farming work right now. And will you receive it? Will you receive this word? And, and then the kingdom of God starts to actually come forth out of you. And then starts impacting the people around you and your life. That's what we're trying to do in our church. Now, this is an uh, astonishingly and amazing um, parable that Jesus teaches. And I want to just say, I could actually really use a whole series to unpack this, but I'm only going to just, you know, try to do this in one shot today. And I don't know if you know this, um, but well, first of all, what is a parable? A parable, if you, for those of you who don't know, is a story about something earthly which points to something heavenly. That's really what it is. It's a story about something earthly, but it reveals something that is divine and heavenly. And Jesus tells many such parables, but usually he doesn't explain them. This is the one parable. This is really amazing, right? This is the one parable. It's so important. He straight up explains it. And so you're like, Pastor, then why do we need you to explain it? Because, well, I mean, you don't in some sense, all right? But um, maybe you need some things to unpack it to help you see its importance and um, impact in this, uh, in this life, in your life. So let's get into it today. Um, 
in three parts. Part one, sowing and hearing. Sowing and hearing. They go together, by the way. Sowing and hearing, and then, let me put this in parentheses, and being hard of hearing. And being hard of hearing. So many of us, we may hear something from God, but actually, we're very, very often hard of hearing. Part two, the drama of hearing and responding. There's hearing, but then there also needs to be responding. Hearing, and then there should be a response. The drama of hearing and response. And then part three, more than the cage. What are you talking about? You'll, you'll, you'll understand, okay? I'm going to talk about something about a cage, and you'll understand what I mean. And how hearing and sowing um, of, the, of the gospel seed, how that changes things about something that I think is a cage that we live in, okay? All right, so let's get into this part one. Um, let, let's, let, 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 me go ahead, let me try to see if I can um, help you get into this passage this way. Uh, have any of you watched the movie Inception? Anybody here seen the movie Inception? You know, you know? I mean, uh, um, in the first service, almost everybody's seen it. Apparently, that's not the case over here, all right? Um, you're, you're crazy if you haven't seen this movie. Right? <laughs> Come on. It's a, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, it came out in 2010. It's directed by Christopher Nolan. And Christopher Nolan is a little more famous for the Batman movies, okay? You've probably seen some of those, right? The Batman, um, the Christian Bale Batman movies. But uh, this movie's better, <laughs> okay? In my not-so-humble opinion, I think Inception is better. Now, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leo DiCaprio plays a guy who, um, who has a very special talent, has a special power. So this movie's odd because um, you, it's, a, it's, it's a big, grand-scale action movie. I mean, it has these incredible action sequences that blow your mind, okay? But... In the middle of this movie is a very interesting and really profound philosophical question. That's what the movie explores. And it does so through this, this talent of this uh, guy that Leo DiCaprio plays. And what this guy can do is this. He can go into people's dreams while they're sleeping. And so then you know, he goes into the dream, and then he meets the person in their dream. And then what he does is he puts an idea into that person while they're in their dream and while they're sleeping. You get it? He gives them an idea in their, in, in, in their mind while they're sleeping, and then after they wake up from their dream, you know what happens? They change. They change. And actually, the movie is um, interesting um, because he gets, he, he's in this really you know, bad pickle in his life, and then he, he doesn't really want to do this, but he takes on this really dangerous job because, you know, I won't get into all the details of that. But in the, in the middle of the movie, as a movie, his story starts to unfurl, and you realize that something tragic happened in um, his marriage. And he did Inception. Inception is the, is the name of the process where you put this idea into someone's mind while they're, asleep, uh, while they're in their dream. And so he went into his wife's dream, and he did a piece of Inception to his wife. And, so, and it changed her in a tragic way. So it's not even just it goes one way. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, Jesus believes in inception. Um, Luke chapter 8 is Jesus' inception. You get it? This is his story. Except he doesn't talk about it in terms of going to a dream. In fact, you need to be quite awake. In fact, you need to be very awake in order to really receive what he is getting at. 
And um, he doesn't need to get into your dream. And this is how we do it. And you're wondering, like, what does it look like? Well, you're in it right now. <laughs> we're doing inception. We're doing, the, we're doing Jesus' inception right now. <laughs> um, and you don't need to be asleep. Uh, what he does is he takes a, he takes a foolish guy <laughs> and he takes a dumb guy and he stands up front who has meditated on this, his word. And by the way, the guy who talks up front, he doesn't have to be that smart. He doesn't have to be a really great speaker. He doesn't have to be um, very clever or good looking or any of these things. In fact, he can even be kind of dumb. But actually, he really needs to. The only thing that really matters is does he convey what's really here to you faithfully? That's, that's, what, that's the only part that really matters. And there is an issue here. I said that what, the, how does Jesus do it? He describes it as sowing. And it is a seed. And you guys know what a seed is like. You put a seed in. And it's, it's weird. Like it could be like a really a small thing. And, you, and it goes into the ground and then, I don't know if you ever think about this, this little thing goes into the ground and then, you know, maybe some water happens on it. I mean, you don't even have to look at it. Right now it's the winter. Um, there's like stuff just sprouting out of our lawn and I wish it wasn't sprouting out of our lawn just because it's raining. <laughs> and um, I don't know when the seeds got in there, <laughs> but just stuff just starts happening. Do you guys notice it? And by the way, inception is that's what we are. We're all like pieces of ground. According to Jesus, we're our minds, our hearts, who we are, our life. It's like pieces of ground. And then you notice when he gets into this and starts explaining um, what this parable means, they're all different kinds of people. This kind of, so this is this kind of people, this kind of people, this kind of, and there's, and there's only four. And so what is the um, pathway for gospel seed to get into you, into you and to me? How does it happen? The pathway is hearing. And I want to I um, direct you to this verse. This verse right here, verse 8. He says this. And he said these things, and um, as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And um, if, I don't know how many of you have read through uh, a lot of things that Jesus says. He says this multiple times. And this is Jesus' way of saying, pay attention. This is important. Can you hear this? This is important. And I want, I want, just let's think a little bit about that, that phrase, he who has ears to hear. I mean, if you, it's, it's kind of, is this, is this like a first century like, Jewish way of talking? or something? I mean, you know, it seems like an odd, but let, let's just break it down a little bit. It obviously can't only be a Jewish first century way of talking because God intended to give this to everybody, all of us even now in the 21st century. If you, if you hear something, how does it need to happen? You have to have some pathway. Let me, let me ask you a very strange question. Can a person who's deaf hear? Can a person who's deaf hear? In one sense, obviously, they don't have ears to physically hear, but they can still hear. <laughs> if you're deaf, what does a, a, a deaf person do in order to get what other people are saying? Well, they learn... <laughs> They, I mean, they, they, can learn, they can learn the alphabet. They can learn words. They can learn language. They certainly have all the capacity for language. So what do they do? What they can do is they can learn language and they read your lips. <laughs> so can they have ears to hear? Yes, they do. <laughs> Except their ears to hear is their eyes. Isn't that strange? <laughs> A deaf person has ears to hear, except he does it through the eyes. 
And that's the way a lot of us are. When we show up, you know, we have problems. Like, you can have physical ears, and you can hear what I'm saying right now, but you guys all know what I'm talking about. You, you've had this experience when you know there's somebody that you know, maybe it's your mom or it could be a teacher or a coach or your boss, and they're trying to impart something to you that they think is important, and you hear it with your ears, but you don't get it, right? <laughs> I mean, um, just, just get married. For those of you who are, uh, who are, are single, just get married, and this will happen very frequently, <laughs> right? Didn't you hear me? <laughs> Your spouse will say this to you many times. And, uh, you, and when you, whenever a guy says this to me, you know what I just say? I go, uh, apparently, I, 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 don't, I don't have, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I heard you, but I didn't really get it. You see? Right? And um, I, I, I said to you that this gospel farming is happening. The seed is, we, 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 in our church, we are very promiscuous with this seed. We're not, we don't just kind of like, show up and we'll only give you this gospel seed once, <laughs> okay? We're not like that. In this church, we are interested in giving you this seed like all the time, okay? And so we're just like, shoot the seed out at you, okay? I mean, like, I mean, literally, if you, if, like, you could see it in my hand every week, it's, I'm, I'm doing this, okay? And, but the pathway for you to receive it is hearing, and do you have the ears? It's not even, do you, you realize it's not this ear. <laughs> this is not the ear. <laughs> it's not the ear. There's something else in your mind and heart can you receive and really get it. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm deaf to lots of things about my, what that my wife tells me. It's weird. I can hear her. I understand English perfectly well. I can even hear her when she's yelling. I mean, she's like, she cranks the volume up. <laughs> you know, she cranks the volume up. And like, I hear you, but somehow, like, it just doesn't get in there, right? <laughs> um, you, you get what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to, like, put the onus... Uh, on like, you know, like as a pastor, I, I, I take very seriously that I must know what's really here and convey it to you faithfully. And I work hard at that. Um, sometimes I'm not as good some days and I go too long. Of course, I many oftentimes go too long. You guys know, okay? But one of the things I am wanting to, pre- um, get, this is from Jesus here. And the year 2017, it's so easy to come to church, and I want you to push back against this this year. It's so easy to come to church, like, oh, do, do the church thing. There's a, another song, <laughs> another sermon, and it's going to go in here, and you're going to hear it, but not hear it, right? And then you're going to not have much, any real response to it. And then it'll be forgotten by by, by, you know, it'll be forgotten by 3 o'clock today, let alone make it to tomorrow, right? <laughs> and, and for some of you, you're like, I, I'm, I'm going to at least get to Tuesday. <laughs> um, but if you, if you come into church, we're going to do the regular churchy thing. We're going to do the, the Christian-y, churchy thing, and we're going to just go, this is just the thing I do, right? But actually, something really profound and incredible is happening here that of the kingdom of God, God's presence, his glory through Jesus Christ breaks in. How does he do it? <laughs> he does it in this very odd way. He does it in this very seemingly humble way, maybe even a stupid way. <laughs> he does it through hearing the sowing and the fruit and the glory happens through this pathway of hearing. When you come, will you have ears to hear? Will you take seriously to have ears to hear? 
this year. That's the first thing I want to say. Let's go to part two. The drama of hearing and response. The drama of hearing and response. Um, uh, there, this, by the way, preaching is not the only way this, you're being seated. The seed is happening. It, it can happen all kinds of other ways. If you listen to uh, um, you know, some kind of a, a praise song while you're on the radio, maybe the gospel seed will go into your mind through the chorus of one of the songs. I loved that verse 2 of the song that our brother uh, led us in. I know that song since I was in college, but I'd never heard that verse 2. I was like... It, it, it really moved me. I mean, it's like, like, like it took an old song and it totally moved me in a new way. And maybe that will happen for you. That's like, I have a, you have, a, you'll have an ear to hear while you're in the car. Or maybe you do devotions and maybe you, you, know, you, 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 you miss out on Monday, but, but you, you will have a prayer and a devotion time on Tuesday. And then you'll do it on Wednesday, and then you get too busy on Thursday, but you have it on Friday. And then this drama of hearing, and then when you respond to what, what you believe God, you can sense God is trying to say to you, and it's happening. So it's not even just one time on Sunday morning. It can happen to you 8, 9, 10, 12 times a week. But one of the things I want to say to you is, for Jesus, there's constantly, there's a hear, and then will, this, will the seed go in? And then its life-giving fruits start to manifest. Well, that, that's what he wants to see happen. And one of the things I want to say to you, and this is, there's only four responses. There's a lot, of, we like to have like categories, but from the Son of God, when this is happening, he thinks there's four. There isn't five, there isn't 20. There's only four. It's not hard for us. I mean, anybody can grasp this. Whenever you have an interaction and you can sense Gospel inception, Jesus' inception is happening to you. You're like, okay, is this actually going in or not? And, and you can just look at yourself. Am I one, two, three, or four? And the first three are bad. <laughs> and the first three are ways in which the seed doesn't get in. It's like that's when, that's, you know, that's me like actually hearing my wife. But, you know, I don't actually pick up the socks from the, you know, the, the floor. <laughs> and then, you know, it's happened 20 times in a row and she's starting to get mad. <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying here? I mean, I'm, that's obviously not the most earth-shattering thing to, to happen in the world, but it matters to her, right? And since, you know, I'm her husband, it should matter to me. But there are four, and I want to just say a little something. I'm going to say a little something about all of them, but let me start with the, the, the good one. <laughs> let me start with the fourth one. It's not that hard to understand. The seed goes in. It's received and then it's obeyed, and then there's a response. There's a, like, you know, like if my wife says, I, it drives me crazy when the mail, you know, piles up on the table. She just says that. And then I just go to, you know, it's, it's playoff football today. And then tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and by Friday, you know, like five more days of mail is piled up. I obviously heard it, but there has been no response. You get what I'm saying? How do you know when the seed has really gone in? Like, you, it goes in and something comes out. <laughs> it goes in and something comes out. You see, the seed goes in and then, like, like, then there is a root. And then there's a shoot. And then it matures. And then there's incredible fruit. So if I just turn on the football game, and then I got an angry wife on Friday... Obviously, there's been no response. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? The seed, like Grace did her, like, you know, I'm going to do Inception on Susang. This is driving me crazy. And I just go, football is interesting. 
you know, and I'm like getting interested in, in, you know, the Cowboys are playing this afternoon. I mean, there's not going to be any mail cleaning this afternoon. Just, you know, I mean, letting you know, let, sorry, dear, that's not, that's not going to happen this afternoon, okay? And so, um, but there's a response. There's a response, see? And one of the things I want to share with you is notice how Jesus describes the response. It's a hundredfold. When a seed which is not of this world, of heaven, goes in, and then it's like received, and then there's a response. You respond to the seed, and then you start to embrace. Something astounding comes up. But most of the time, do you notice, most of the time we're we're bad at receiving it. I mean, um, one of the things I want to say to you is like, you know, I'm going to go through the next three, the other three bad ones. And you're going to go, oh, gosh, that's me. (laughs) Probably. If you're honest, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to, the first one, which is like the worst one, you're going to, oh gosh, that's me. And then I'm going to go to the second, and you're going, oh gosh, that's me. <laughs> oh, 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 that sucks. I'm that one too. Right? That's, that's probably going to happen if you're honest. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you're going to, you're, it's just going to happen. I mean, it's funny, though. The world is constantly doing inception to us, and then you know, we see that commercial about like this product. Do this product, and then you will get like those abs that will make you look hot again. And then, you know, like we respond to that piece of inception. You're like, oh, okay, okay. And you actually start thinking about maybe you don't buy that particular ad, but then, you know, when that, you know, that advertisement about $10 a month, $10 a month at the, at the gym, at the gym down the street, you, you actually, you're like, oh, okay, okay. Because that piece of inception worked, and so now you're going to do this. Okay? But, um, and so most of us, we don't really respond to God's inception. But here's how incredible it is. A lot of the time, we're category one, two, or three, all the bad ones, okay? But here's how amazing it is. Let's say you go to church, you're, you're a faithful church go. You go to church 52 times a week. I mean, 52 times a year, sorry, not 52 times a week. Wow, that'd be crazy, okay? 52 times a year. You, you, you didn't miss one Sunday. And, but um, a lot of the seeds, the, the, the sermons from the first 30 weeks just kind of die on the vine. <laughs> it's like if it goes in and it like dies out. But in the 31st Sunday, the 31st Sunday, you have ears to hear. And you're not thorny. You don't have a thorny mind. You don't have like just rock inside there. And you actually, th- that ear... Not the physical ear, but that the heart's ear, the soul's ear, is receiving. And that seed goes in on the 31st day. And it gets in there and, and it starts to do something to you. And you start to obey and you start to repent and you start to respond. And then you change a few things in your life. And then those few things do something. And then because of that, you change something else and it does something. And then over the course of your life, it produces a hundredfold because one seed made it. One seed made it. Not, I mean, 30 others didn't make it. <laughs> I mean, think about that. The other 30 didn't make it. The other 30 were all in category one, two, or three. But the 31st one made it. <laughs> and, then, and then maybe the following year, five of them make it. <laughs> it was sermon number five out of 52. And it was, like, let's say you managed to have, like, a hundred quiet times, <laughs> and two of them matter. <laughs> two of them matter. 
So you, you're not good, you know, you, you know, you fail to like really get in and, and, and actually chew on God's word and pray to him. You know, you know, you can't do it 365 days a year, but you know, let's say you get to 100. I mean, that's pretty good. The two of those seeds land a hundredfold. And then, and then one song and one thing that really like lights you up in your small group discussion. So you didn't get it from the sermon, listen on Sunday, but then you go on Wednesday or Friday or whenever your small group meets, and then that discussion, it like it unlocked it for you. And you could just sense the Lord come in and like and open up something that was closed. And that year, five seeds go in and all five of a hundredfold fruit. Don't you think you'll change? Don't you think people around you will change? That's how powerful this is. So one of the things I'm just try- trying to say to you is you and I, we all know that we fall down all the time. And we're so cluttered up inside here, we're like, our, we're like there's rocks inside of here. And, and like, our, you know, like this area of our heart may have some depth of soil, but this area of heart is super shallow. It's like it's mostly rock, and it's got this tiny little like, shallowness. And the word goes there that week, and, and we're, we're mostly failing. But all it takes is one to make it, even every now and then. And so our church, that's why we, we are... We fling this gospel at you all the time. And then in our, in our small groups, which we call our gospel life families, we, we are asking you, take one more step. Don't just hear it, but not hear it. Let's take one more step. Maybe we can respond to it, and then it'll go in deeper. Um, let me talk about the three categories that are the, the, the ones that kind of don't, don't work out, okay? Um, the first one... Um, it doesn't, the seed doesn't even end up in soil. It ends up on the pathway. And Jesus explains it this way. Uh, the birds come up and gobble it up. And that's really what it signifies is like the devil came along and stole the life-giving gospel seed away. It's like the word goes in and it's just gone. And there's something about us that resists. I mean, by the way, so like, um, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. Uh, and there's so many times I'm going to give an example that is common in our culture and, um, and, and, uh, and it's especially among those who have unbelief. But even among what I have found is even among people who do believe we have been poisoned by this anti-Christian, <laughs> anti-gospel inception. It's, and it's this. I'll, I'll, I'll just say the anti-gospel inception, which we're, we're in, and it makes us hard. It makes us not even like soil. It makes us like rock. And a lot of our friends and neighbors, they have, like, they, they believe this thing. And it's, it's odd because if you go to a certain other countries, like if you go to Africa, they don't believe this piece of inception that's just so common in our, culture, in our country. But uh, I'll just say it to you. It's this. I don't think we really need this heaven and God stuff. And this Christianity and religion, it's for people who are weak. And I think... We have pretty much all the resources that we need in order to make us thrive and flourish in this world. And so we don't need all this like religion-y and like especially this Christian Jesus stuff. It's irrelevant. That's often the word that's, um, that I hear. And you know that that is a piece of like anti-God. That's a, that's a piece of anti-God inception from the world. And if you go to Africa and you said that out loud, people will look at you like you're nuts. 
They're like, what are you talking about? We, you, you don't have all the, the resources you need to flourish in this world. You, you, you don't even have enough resources to flourish for the next you know, month. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's, they, that, for them, it's that obvious. If you, you say that in much, much of Asia, they'll think the same thing. And so the idea that you can't seek God through some religious form and worship is like, that's considered a form of insanity there. But here, that, is, that inception is powerful. And so people who have this view, that they're like, that's an example of like, you don't even have soil to receive anything because they have like this opposing belief that makes them hard, not like soil at all. But, um, and by the way, a lot of Christians... If you're, if you're around many, many people, this is how it's like. If you're around many, many people who have certain kinds of belief, it comes out. And that inception is happening. So inception is happening to us all the time. I don't know if you realize that. And um, usually we have other names for it. It's called marketing. <laughs> and other nasty names like uh, propaganda. Propaganda is when a government wants to manipulate its people, so they're blaring messages constantly, constantly, constantly. You know, love our government. We're the best. And then, you know, give up this, this, and that for us. And we get this all the time. And this is how it works. If you're around a lot of other people of this common view, you could be a Christian, but you've received a lot of anti-God inception. And it's affecting you. And you could be a Christian, and you could walk into church, and the gospel seed is proclaimed, and it, has, it doesn't even have a chance to go in because maybe this kind of this anti-God you know, inception is there and it's making you hard and it just bounces in and out. That's it. I mean, other variations of this is like this. If God was really God, he can make my life really good. It's the, it's, it's the complaint version. It's the complaint version of like everything in this world can be made good and it should be. But actually, it's only like if that's all you, if this is all that you're at, let me push back a little bit. Then you're looking at the world kind of like a cage. <laughs> See here, the cage analogy. Um, the world, it's kind of like if the cage is big enough <laughs> and there's enough nice things in it, then we can just flourish inside this cage, right? And we'll be happy. And that's what secular actually means. Secular means of the world. Everything is the world. Not, not heaven. Not eternity. Just temporal. This time, this present, it's of the world. And it, you can say the world is big, and then that seems to be enough, but no, it doesn't really matter. You can make the cage big. It doesn't stop it from being a cage. And what gospel inception is, is to break the cage. <laughs> Part of what Jesus is trying to do is break the cage. You were never meant for a cage. Um, I don't know if many of you know this, but we, we have a... We have a my, my youngest daughter, she calls it a pet, <laughs> Okay. Uh, but I, I call it an experiment. <laughs> um, we have a hamster, and it sits in our living room. And um, we got her a re- very nice cage. And my daughter tries to have a relationship with the hamster, and I um, it mostly observe it. <laughs> and, and one of the things I'm, trying, I'm curious about is, is this hamster, this little rodent, happy inside the cage? If you, if you, if you give the rodent enough Let's say we're rabbits. If you give the rabbit enough carrots and make the, kid, the cage really nice, will the rabbit be happy? Except, you know, for us, it's a hamster. Um, we're not even talking about people. I'm just talking about a hamster, <laughs> okay? I don't think the hamster is happy, quite frankly, <laughs> because you know what this hamster does a lot of the time while it's awake? It, like, 
climbs the cage and hang, hangs off. And it's always like, look, like, looking like it's biting, like trying to break the cage. And it's always looking out. And when the big person, you know, that, that's me, the god outside the cage shows up, you know what, you know what, they ha- you know what the hamster does? Climbs onto the cage and like, you know, it's like, look, it's like stares at you like, like, can I get out? <laughs> and that's a hamster. <laughs> that's a hamster. And um, one of the things I want to say to um, people is, um, here, for those of you, so if you are here today and you have this kind of secular skepticism, so you're the first soil, you know, you're just like, you're hard. You don't need, you don't, this, this gospel seed is not going to go in at all. I want to just push back a little bit and maybe we can break this hard rock up a little bit. I'll give you a quote from a person far wiser than me. Um, this is uh, C.S. Lewis. This is how he put it. Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger while there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim while there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire while there is such a thing as sex. But if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world in the cage can satisfy the most probable explanation it is that it was made for another world. You were made to live beyond the cage. Get it? And if you look at everybody, if you talk to the person from Asia or Africa, or just look at everybody, they can't accept that this is all there is. Isn't there more? Isn't there more? So that's the first one. We can't even, it doesn't even go in. Um, let's go to the second one. Shallow, the, I call this the shallow soil. It's, Jesus says like, there's no moisture, and then there's this, it's essentially kind of like, I, I kind of picture it as like a little thin layer of topsoil, and then there's a bunch of rock. And if you guys ever done any gardening, if you want anything to grow, you know, there's some things that can grow in maybe like this much soil, and then like if you have this much soil, you can get something else to grow, and then if you have even more, you know, like incredible, I mean, things that the bigger it is, you need more and more ground and soil for it to grow. But if you have like this much, a little bit this much, and then it's just rocky underneath that, nothing's going to grow. But one of the things that Jesus says is this, that the, the seed goes in, and then certain people respond with joy at first. They respond with joy at first. But then, in a time of testing, if it gets hard, then they, then they, that's it, they quit. And what does this look like? Um, the obvious one would be like persecution or opposition. Um, that's, like, you know, I don't know if you could actually say we're persecuted in our society, but we do get opposition. You do get pushback. Soft, hard, and sometimes, you know, like obvious, sometimes more subtle. But I think this is this. So many of us, like, what, what we have is we only have this much receptivity to the gospel and it goes in. And we have very little patience. Because if this is going to bear fruit, you know what has to happen? If the seed's going to bear fruit, it's weird. It's like this little thing. Something has, you know what has to come out of it? Roots have to come out of it. And then it has to get established into the soil. And its very life starts to water. The roots go in, and you know what it's looking for? It's looking for water. And then the water, it needs to feed the life that's, break, um, that's breaking out of the seed. And so roots need to come in, and it starts really you know, taking in shape inside of who you are. But if you don't have, if you're, if you're too hard, then it seems at first people look like they get excited, but then when there's pushback, 
it starts to, it, you know, you ever seen a plant with very little roots? Or the roots are very, very shallow? You know, all it takes? Wind. <laughs> Wind blows, and then it flies off. Or like something like falls on top of it, and then it just, that's it. <laughs> it's dead because the roots get like crushed because there isn't really much root. And a lot of us, this is like this. I, I'm not even, let's not even talk about uh, persecution. It just gets hard, or it just gets, you know, what if the seed that you hear is somehow from Jesus and says, I want you to not neglect your brother that, you know, you, you've been kind of estranged from. Why don't you work more at that relationship? So then you email your brother that week. First you go, oh, I, this is good. This is a good word. Let's do this. And so then you email your brother that week. You call him a couple times after that. And then, you know, in the, in the fourth week, he says something mean to you. <laughs> and then that thing that makes you upset and, like, why you really dislike him and why you got estranged from him in the first place at all, so then this, this is the testing. It's like the wind. It's like the rock falling on top. But there's no roots under there, and then, and then we just quit. And then this, that's it. The seed dies. Do you, you, can you relate? Can you relate? This is common. That's the second one. The shallow soil with no root. And we quit too easily. The third one. The third one is uh, the thorny. There's all these weeds. I I call that the weeds and the thorns. And this one is the one that I call the San Jose soil, all right? Uh, For so many of us, especially for those of us who are believers, this is us. This This is the problem. It's not that we don't believe in Jesus. It's not that we don't even think it's good that we should receive God's word and like somehow respond to it. But it's just there's just way too many other things going on. There's too many other things um, taking up attention. So like if a seed goes in, think of like there's all these inception seeds that have gone into your life. So it's not, it's crowded in there. <laughs> it's not like there's just God's gospel seed in this soil. Then there's like the seed that went in from the world that said something like this. You know, you need to work on your, uh, on your health. And so your abs will be better. Oh, you need to become a better parent. You know, watch you strive to be a better parent so your kids don't become messed up. Oh, you could do this, and then you could become a better entrepreneur, and then your business will take off, or you'll succeed much more um, in your major, or something like this, and then your life will work out so much greater. And then, of course, there's the people that want to sell you financial. I mean, maybe some of you guys are too young to know this, right? But I get, like, all kinds of stuff. Financial products, you'll be richer, all these little hooks. And this is, it's all in there, <laughs> And do you notice these other things? I'm not talking about bad things. Should you, should you exercise in better ways? You know, I, I did this thing called Jillian Michaels 20-minute shred. 20-minute shred. I was like, oh, you know, Jillian Michaels, she did, her, she did her inception on me, and it worked for like about, you know, like three months. <laughs> okay? And then I lost some weight. But like, I was like, Cause, because she hooked me with that 20-minute promise. But by the way, it works. <laughs> It works, okay? Um, but, um, but, of course, you know, like, I'm like the second soil. You know, like, it got hard, so I just gave up. <laughs> all right? But, you know, there's all these other things in there. And you, have you guys ever tried to plant anything in a ground where there's all kinds of weeds and thorns? It's hard because the water goes to the weeds and thorns, <laughs> not to the part you want it to go to. And so, if the gospel seed is one among many, many other things, it's like, I should follow God, but, you know, you have like eight other things on your plate. Then guess what happens up? Then the gospel doesn't get watered, and it just gets choked out, right? The kingdom doesn't break in. 
And so this is most of us. And so at the beginning here of 2017, I, w- I want to offer you two things to push back against all this thorn. If you're, so if you're the person that how many things do you have on your plate to do? Now, if you have more than, say, five, and one of them is not Jesus, his kingdom, and his glory to really focus on, you probably got too many things. You probably have too many things. And so let me offer you two things. One, take one. I mean, some of you got, you're, some of you are crazy. You have 20 things, okay? And you have like, oh, like this crazy long list of to do's, all right? And then some of you are like a little less crazy, but still pretty crazy. You have like 10 things, okay? You know, I, when I wake up in the day, I usually have like maybe four things to do, and then I usually don't do one of them, <laughs> okay? okay? I mean, I only have four things to do, and I don't do one of them, right? And then like it piles up, and then my wife goes, come on! The mail, can that be one of those? And then, of course, you know, that's when we have that conversation, okay? And I go, uh, sorry, it's like, it's like that was number eight, and, I'm, and I didn't even get to number four, okay? That's kind of how my life works. But let me offer you two applications. Number one, take one thing off your plate and create more space so you can water the gospel seed. Just take one thing off, pick one. But they're all important, of course. Why would you stick it on your plate unless it's good? <laughs> But sometimes the enemy of the best is the good. You get it? The enemy of the best is not the bad. The enemy of the best is the good, but not the best. So take one. Pick one. And, um, you know, uh, some of you may know that I I fast regularly. Um, I don't do this because I'm a holy person. You know why I do this? Because I suck. Because I'm... My heart is thorny soil. <laughs> Way too many things. And I'm distracted. I, like, I just don't even have energy to hear God. I have too many things on my plate. So I started fasting because I realized this is one way I can tell myself to knock it off. You know that if you fast, this is one of the effects that happens if you fast. So I'm not telling you to fast. I'm just telling you something that I do because I realize I suck so badly at this. I'm, I'm, I'm so, such a thorny soil. And I'm a professional Christian. I'm your leader. <laughs> right? and, but I realize I'm so bad at this that I constantly need a profound piece of repentance. And I need a regular habitual piece of repentance. I like stuck this into my life. So that if you fast, this is what happens when you fast. You, 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 you get weary and quick. You, know, you get tired really fast. So you can't do as many things. You can't put many things on your plate. So you, get, you have to get still. And then... Since you're not eating and you don't have all this energy, you, you know what you do? You, it gives you more focus to receive and respond. See? That's why I do it. Not because I'm so good. But however you want, I'm not telling you to fast. Take one thing off your plate. Give yourself more bandwidth. A second, a second application I want to offer you is um, a number of you, if you're not in our small group, you should join the small group, okay? Because... You, know, you guys know this, like, if you want to, if you, if you want to um, get, get physically fit, you know what you should do? If you say, I'm just going to exercise, that's going to be over in, like, about three weeks, okay? You know what you do? You need to get, like, three or four buddies who will exercise with you, <laughs> and they'll all exercise. And when the day you feel lazy, they'll say, come on. <laughs> and when you see them lose weight, you'll realize you should lose weight. <laughs> and then when you lose weight, and then you see them lose weight, you celebrate together, and it helps you to do it. You know what? That, that's what? That's what our small group is. Except it's for something far more important than working out. It's for the kingdom 
God's glory to break into the cage. His kingdom breaking into the cage. And break down the cage. Stop us living like, stop being as rabbits, like constantly chasing the, you know, like, hey, rabbit, rabbit, here's a carrot. Stick this carrot inside this cage. Stick this carrot in that. Cage. And then we chase this carrot. Then we chase this carrot. We chase this carrot. But actually, our small group's GLF is intended to start breaking down the cage and helping you respond to God's word. Not just hear it, but actually part of the response is a pathway to really receive it. It's a new kind of hearing. It's a, it's a weird kind of hearing. It's a hearing by doing. It's a hearing by responding. It's a hearing by experiencing. Do you know that some people don't, you can't, you may be one of these kind of people. Some people you don't learn by listening. You know how you learn? Some people need to learn by doing and experiencing. So in our church, we put it all together so that you get the full ears to hear. And this year, maybe you can just take a little more commitment and say, I'll go to small group, and I'm going to commit to the application. I'm going to, we're going to, we, we, we are going to offer you some little piece of response. God's word comes in, and then we're going to respond to him. Some little piece of response. And maybe will you commit to it, and they won't all work. But like I told you, it only takes one or two. And it could change your life. Hmm. Um, let me go to the close of my message. More than the cage. Um, I, uh, when I was uh, 29 years old, I got really sick. And I needed an MRI. <laughs> I needed an MRI. And have you guys ever had an MRI? They stuck me in an MRI tube. And... Um, when you're in the tube, the, the, the top of the tube is this like far from your face. You can't get up. And you have to be in that tube for 30 minutes. And after about 15 minutes, I said this. This feels like a coffin. <laughs> and I think I'm going to suffocate in this. So those are the thoughts that start running through my mind. And then I said, get me the bleep and bleep out. <laughs> get. I was like, uh... Mr., uh, you, know, uh, you know, radiologist guy, I need to get out. <laughs> Can you hear me? I need to get, like, really soon. And that was like, I didn't, before that, I didn't know I was claustrophobic. I didn't know that. I, at the age of 29, I discovered I was claustrophobic. Let me tell you something. Um, when it comes to eternity, we're all claustrophobic. You can keep telling yourself this piece of denial that if there's enough carrots inside the cage, and if we chase all these carrots and, and then fill our plate with you know, all this carrot chasing, that then we'll be happy and we'll be okay. But at somewhere along the line, the denial is going to break down and the claustrophobia is going to set in. You're going to feel this. Like, so there's some, it's, it's a weird feeling that you feel like you're cramped in and something's not right. And there's a lot of us that are doing this. And if you wonder, like, if you don't have joy and you don't have, like, this wonder and you're not filled with the glory, it's because there's not enough of the kingdom of God and the king's glory and the king's gifts breaking in because all we're in is you're just in the cage. It's your experience of the claustrophobia of the cage. And um, I said to you, and I gave you that great Lewis quote, do you just want joy? Most of us don't just want joy. Let me tell you something. It's pretty easy to get a little piece of joy. Just go eat some ice cream. Okay, that's, that's kind of how I do it. Go eat ice cream. I get a little piece of joy. 
And then about 20 minutes later, it's gone. And so all you got to do is just keep eating ice cream. I mean, okay, ice cream, TV, uh, sex, <laughs> um, you know, romance, cool movie, uh, new clothes. You know, you get that feeling. You know, you get that feeling. You get new, you know, put on new clothes. Like I got these new pants that came from Gap, and I put them on, and I, like, I just felt happy for like about five minutes. <laughs> I was like, these pants feel really good. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I go, dude, you look good. <laughs> and I, I felt happy for about five minutes. Of course, you guys know what it's like when you put on them. You're like, oh, it looks ugly. It sucks. I gotta, now i got to return them, blah, blah. Okay, right? But this, they look good, in my opinion. So you'll probably think I'm stupid, but when I actually wear them. I'm not going to tell you which one they are, okay? I wear them sometime soon. All right, but, but that's all there is. But that's not the joy you really want, is it? You know, I, I, I wanted to make sure you got this point, so I wrote it out. We're not rabbits, or hamsters. And it shows up because we have this unquenchable need and longing not only for joy, but infinite joy. And not only do you want love, but you want everlasting, overwhelming love, right? And not only do you want justice, you want eternal justice. And you don't just want justice for you, you want justice for all, don't you? I mean, that's why we love the superhero. Superman wants justice for all. So that's why we love, in that movie, you'll watch Superman movies. There's going to be, you know, by the time you're, you're dead, you'll have seen 20 different people play Superman, and you'll never get tired of it, because we want justice for all. And you don't just want peace. You want a peace so powerful that it can defeat your present-day suffering, and it will last and fill you forever, and us, and all around us. Because if, you're, if your loved one doesn't have peace, guess what? You don't have peace. And, and then we don't just want community. We want a community so beautiful and so compelling that all will be surrounded by the people that we love forever, forever. And you know how God does this? God's not just saying, okay, just believe in me, and then after you die, you'll get it all. But actually, he's trying to break into the cage now The king is trying to break the bars of the cage and get in now. And the way he does it is gospel inception. So he does it. And think of who this king is. He was born and placed into a manger. He was, as if you you remember my message from Christmas, he wasn't just from a poor family, he was from a dirt poor family. And he was from a nothing people, and he hung out with lepers and prostitutes. And he was constantly with people that resist <laughs> the, the gospel inception that he wants to do. And they were angry and they are rebellious and they were hard-hearted and they were filled with this anti-God inception of his time and of our time. And he's what he said. And then for that, he says, I'm a realistic. He's a realistic king. For that, I will take on all your guilt and all your hardness and put it on me and I will die and it will die with me. That's the cross. And then he defeated that with his resurrection so that he can say, so now he's a living king, so he can say, why don't you receive this seed? Why don't you receive? And some of the things he tells are weird, and they're hard. And it seems to like, be um, um, uh, inconvenience and uncomfortable and sacrificial, and it makes the life inside the cage 
hard, and you're like, why would I want to do that? But don't you think that if this king wants to bring that infinite joy, the everlasting peace, the family that lasts forever that we call our community, if he wants to bring that into our life, don't you think he knows something more that we need here and now? And that his kingship is something we should bow down to. And his word is, it demands our response and our obedience and our trust. And instead of just chasing the carrots around, the king, he like breaks through the cage and says, I have something for you. Why don't you this? And then a kingdom can break in with all its glory. Can you believe that? I do. Sometimes I don't. But then, you know, I, then I remember, then I remember claustrophobia. And I'm like, can't, can't take the cage. Let's go back to faith. Let's go back to Jesus. Let's go back to his kingdom. And so for 2017, that's what I urge of all of you. And for 2017, will you embrace gospel sowing and chase after kingdom and break up the cage and see God do some amazing things in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we have so many different ways that we are deaf or we're in denial or we're in avoidance. And even when we receive the seed, then we're <laughs> receiving it into shallow soil and we have very little staying power. Or we're so distracted and cluttered and there's no bandwidth and then we choke it out. We feed, we feed the success seed and we, succeed, we feed the parenting seed and we feed the, the health, healthy body seed, but, but your seed in all its glory, we choke it out. And we thank you, Lord, that one that... Even if one seed makes it in there, that's how incredible it can be if it lands in a receptive soil. In the year of 2017, would you make us receptive? And I want to urge you, my brothers and sisters, that would you pray this prayer? Lord, I, I don't even know how to receive. I'm so cluttered up. That throughout this year, if you don't even know how to be, have ears to hear and receive his word, that that would be your prayer. Lord, help me, help me to be softer, have more soil, receive. And Lord, would you hear these prayers of my brothers and sisters and we would begin to see like fruit, the sum of this hundredfold and we would begin to have tastes of your kingdom, something of not just of joy but a little foretaste of infinite joy, not just of love but a really durable, everlasting kind of love from you, from our brothers and sisters in our lives. And I pray that we can see that the kingdom is breaking into our lives. As we begin, your, your gospel seed starts to sprout in our hearts and, our, and in the midst of us in, this, in the year of 2017. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.